What's up, guys? We're back here again. Boom. With another episode of the Black Boundaries Podcast. This is your boy Terrell, and I'm here with Nick. Nick. So. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> nah, man. How you doing, though? I'm hanging in there, you know, chilling, chilling. Hanging in there? Yeah, man. I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm not like super great because I guess I don't really have anything new going on, but I'm not terrible. Like, I'm, I'm doing good. Steady. Steady. That's good. You're content. Right. That's a good word for it. I feel the same way. I'm content, yeah. too. You know, this week, it's been really good. Yeah, you had the week off. Had the week off. Exactly. Had the week off. Started making beats a little. Nice. That's really cool. I like the beats that you showed me. Yeah. So yeah. Hopefully, I'll keep on doing it next week when i'm even when i'm back in work <laughs> right right yeah finding the time man right yeah. but um you know it's 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 interesting that uh i don't know i feel like a week off should be mandatory like that oh, would be nice one week of like one week out of the month they just let their workers be off that would be really nice that'd actually be, that'd be great it's like you yeah. get so much done in a week, in yeah, a week. You're yeah. right. That's true. <laughs> then yeah. You like just go back to work, do that stuff again. Then you know, look forward to the next week. I don't know. You can like just, for example, this week, like I said, I started like making beats again or whatever. Then um, I made some beard oil. Nice. And I don't know. I was just doing stuff that I really wouldn't have felt like doing if I was working. Right. Right. Yeah, it's like trying to buy out the time is always difficult. Exactly. And I think once you get off of work, I used to think about that. Like after I got off of work and I would write down a project or come up with an idea, I'm like, man, that took forever because I'm looking at the time. But then I realized, wait, I only have like four hours after work before I'm sleepy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like work just drains you. It's, it's like even when I really didn't do much at work, I'm still kind of tired just from being, I don't know. In the in that stagnant yeah, position, in that yeah, area, whatever. <laughs> right, yeah, you're in a different mindset. So when you get out of it, it's like you have to energize yourself. You have to, yeah, kick it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think this kind of relates to the podcast topic in terms of changing things in the future. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting because you always hear people say it and it doesn't necessarily have to be extreme things. I think that there's a lot of different levels to it. So I think on a social level, social change, you hear a lot of people say we have to change the future. I think about Obama's campaign was all centered around change. Yeah. And it's good to hear and it's very motivating. But at the same time, I wonder if it's practical. Right. Or is it something that we kind of, you know. Is it a fantasy? Is it true? You know, it's it's really rough to think about, actually, because I don't want to sound I don't want to sound like that. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> don't want to be the downer. Right. But I do think about both sides of it. Is there a possibility of change or are we just saying these things and it's just lip service? Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I kind of feel about it, too. It's like, I don't know, whenever I do hear somebody say can we change the future when i think about it i kind of just always think about racism right yeah that's yeah that's a strong example <laughs> like, yeah. that's where my mind goes to and i'm like well people are still racist police are just still doing the same thing they've always been doing right that hasn't changed yet mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so i'm like you know it's kind of it's kind of hard to be optimistic about the future right i mean it, it, i don't know it's like i'm optimistic about my own future 
<laughs> right? Right. Because I can control that to some extent, but like in terms of society. Yeah, things are so out of reach. Yeah, I'm not really looking forward to anything, you know, just thinking about having kids and them. Oh my God. Dealing with the same stuff that we're dealing with or like, you know, our past family members dealt with or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just hard to be optimistic about it. Kind of makes you not want to even have kids, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was definitely one of those people in high school when everybody was like, oh, I'm going to have three kids, four kids, you know, I want to adopt kids. And I like to do some of those things, but at the same time, I think about the world that I live in. And I don't know if I'm a dramatic person or if I'm just being realistic, but I think that the world is like pretty bad. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So when I think about the future, I think about all the things that are happening now and how many things we won't be able to control. So for example, scamming is already popular now. Technology has assisted criminals to do right. even worse things. I mean, they're coming up with more clever ways to scam you. So I just imagine little things like that and what is scamming going to be like in the future when they can do it in a whole different virtual setting. <laughs> it's going to be even more scary. But I guess the part about being optimistic is that there's also going to be good but the thing that annoys me is I think of the past because people always say history repeats itself so if that's really true then that means that this is just an ongoing cycle right because I think about young generations like you know hippies and they're all about peace and human rights and you know joining together and no more war and it was a lovely idea that was centered around self-expression and all of these creative outlets you know it was a wonderful time for those people that were in it but at the same time those people are like what grandparents some great grandparents now and that's just gone like that's not a thing yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean and it's it's kind of ironic because Previously, yeah, you had crime, you had things like that, but after the 70s, the 80s hit, and then you had crack, you had gangs, you had like even worse crime than before. Right. Which is kind of weird because it's like these were the kids of people who were hippies. You yeah. think that it would be the perfect generation, but it was the opposite. So I don't know. That scares me. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty crazy. I don't know. I guess it's because of, well, you know, how things are systematically. Right, right. That's Things what it comes like, down to. Yeah, being, like minority communities, primarily, I think black communities. Mm-hmm. How I don't know. You, you just always see things with the government not really helping, but then kind of helping. <laughs> right. It's like they harm, then they try to help a little bit. Right. It's like they implement violence, they implement drugs, they implement all of these different things into black communities, and then they're like, oh, by the way you're going to need us. It's right. like a reminder, like you need our help. Exactly. And it's kind of crazy that they do that, but yeah, it's really upsetting and I don't know if that'll ever change, but I'd like to think that it could. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I think um for things to really change, people have to actually more way more people have to get involved right that's true more people have to really see the dangers of the way that they, they think exactly and the things that they do and from there i don't know it's like we really have to pressure our government yeah get new get new people into office into certain seats right 
And I don't know. I think that's that that would be one of the best ways to start changing things. Right. Because it's like whenever we do make any progress just socially, I feel like politically we go back. Right. Exactly. So it's like once there is some sort of change, like, I mean, one example that I can think of is in gay rights. It's like, yeah. oh, they legalize gay marriage and you hear about all these great things. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, but by the way, and then it's like this new influx of racism reintroduced. Right. You know exactly. what I mean? So it's like every single moment that I can think of in terms of some sort of political highlight, I guess you would say throughout my life is like one good thing would happen. And then right after that, it's like a reintroduction of something negative. And I think if we remove those people, yeah, that would be a big help. It, you know, yeah. It's just like how you saying positive, then something negative happened. It's just like when Obama was in the office, Oh my gosh. he did all these positive things, like, right. you know, helping the, just like the, um, ecosystem mm-hmm. like laws doing that uh, preventing companies from like pouring their like nasty sewage shit into like rivers yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that but then you know Trump comes and he rolls all of that back so he's like allowing people to like damage our ecosystem and stuff like that exactly you know that's that's Trump is the ultimate reset button <laughs> yeah bro yeah it's like just he, yeah as soon as he in office he was like oh some good things been happening here right and that's how <laughs> let's roll it back <laughs> that's how you can tell someone's level of intelligence because if you do something that i don't agree with but it has a positive outcome then i should say okay well that has a good that should be like a compromise right so it's like we could be from two different political parties but historically if someone were republican or democrat that was a president at the time and they took the lead to do certain things when the next president comes into place and let's say that that person was of the opposite party they're not going to dismantle everything that was done that had progress right they're going to continue it but they may do it in their own way that supports their party if yeah. that makes sense so it's just just interesting that he's like a little kid in the sense of like oh you did something good but I don't agree with you on these general topics so I'm going to do the opposite of everything and right. it's like no that's not the strategy like it doesn't make sense yeah. you know? <laughs> I don't know, it, it would seem like I don't know if I was a president I would be wanting to like always one up my predecessor like oh he did that i want to do even better things exactly yeah (laughs) and i feel like that's what obama did like people talk about things that happen with you know george bush and times of crisis and you know you think about 9 11 you think about all the different things that were happening with us you know being in the middle east and war going on and i felt like obama continued some of that in the sense of like yeah we did stay present there right but then also you know osama bin laden was killed Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he made sure that something was executed because everybody was like, we're there for no reason. We should pull the soldiers out and, you know, we can get into that whole debate. But the thing is mainly that he was like, OK, we don't need to just waste time. Let's make something happen. You know right. what I mean? So he like took the best of that situation. I don't think Obama would have wanted us to be in that situation in the first place. But since we were there, you see what I mean? He was like, let me continue to execute the plan. Right. But make it happen a little little bit more rapidly so. yeah yeah that's true and then yeah. he did like pull a lot of troops more so than right yeah pulled them out in you know in small increments mm-hmm. and you know over a period of time you know things got better but it's just man that just blows my mind that someone would come in like you know what you figured out these problems i'm just gonna mess up all of it right <laughs> it's just 
But I think, honestly, like in terms of racism, kind of like we were saying earlier, I think racism, like they say, it's a disease. Yeah. It's like learned behavior and then it's a practice and it's almost like something that just completely distorts your view of reality. Right. And I think if that's the case, then it's the same thing as drug abuse, which means you have to be willing to change. Like you can't just get off of drugs. You have to be willing to change. Right. Go to rehab to receive help, to get counseling. And I don't think, you know, if a person's in that place to want to make that change, there's not going to be a good outcome. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with racism for me. I think we aren't in a place where we're willing to change. A lot of people say slavery doesn't, you know, exist anymore. So why is it a big deal that people still bring up race issues or, you know, they always have an excuse. So rather than trying to make some sort of improvements, we just go back to, oh, well, I don't need to acknowledge it. So it's like, well, you're not willing to change then. Yeah. You know, that's true. But yeah. I think people's like stubborn. It's like, you know, I don't think like some people, they don't even know that they're racist. Most people don't. I feel like (laughs) they think everything they're doing is fine. Right. They think they're just they they think that you're racist for saying they're racist. Exactly. (laughs) You notice race. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's that's how it is a lot of times. But I don't know. That's that's like one of the things that needs to change as well. People need to like open their minds up to like the possibility that, oh, yeah, maybe what I did was racist. Right. Right. Yeah. And then like, I don't know, once you like realize that you can like start taking like proper steps and you know, from from there we can have less racist people as a side. <laughs> right. And people don't their racism doesn't make them uncomfortable so they don't want to change it. Because right. it's like, well, it doesn't bother me. Exactly. You know what I mean? And that's the way that people think. They're very closed minded. But I mean, I've even said on this pot I've even said on this podcast multiple times that I've done things that people could see and be like, wait, but you know, that's kind of discriminatory. Right. You know what I mean? Like I said, sometimes when I'm walking down the street or something like that or going for a run, if I see a white woman, I'm going to avoid her. Like, that's just a natural thing that I do. Right. And to me, yeah, it is a defense more so. Like, I'm protecting myself. But at the same time, that's a form of discrimination. Like, yeah. why can't I just run past her or say hello or whatever the case may be? But because of what I know and historically what has happened in this country, it's like, I don't want to put myself in that situation. Yeah. But if people were willing to change and we could address things that you know we deal with on a daily basis and people were open maybe i would be more open to changing it but it's like well i don't know if i want to yeah you know? i can see that that makes sense no one else is trying to make progress so i gotta play defense you know it sucks yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know it's just like why should it be up to the minorities of the country to right make the, like to make the change like it's like it happened to you right? fix it yeah right? doesn't make any sense but you know we do that in western culture i think that that's something that we do when it comes to like the stigma of you know racism or sexism or whatever it is it just seems like we always go back to the same points we put it on the victims yeah people who have been through it Sexual you know what I mean? abuse um the why was she there hate crimes you know yeah, what i mean it's like yeah. what why does it matter why she was there it shouldn't have happened and then it, it, you know it's just like every time i see um like videos of like you know or or say something about like an unarmed black person was like a all oh, right or something like that they'd be like well what were they doing before this i'm like does that matter it doesn't matter what they were doing like they were unarmed they weren't doing any like yeah the cops not hurting nothing like that the cop is hurting them exactly <laughs> that's know? so crazy yeah it doesn't make any sense man i mean in police officers i it's just that 
like I said, history repeats itself. It's like they started off, and we all know policing, I've said it multiple times, policing came from the slave patrol. It was slave catchers that were the first police officers that would, you know, make sure that crimes weren't happening, try to protect neighborhoods and all that. And I'm not saying that policing isn't good because it does have some good, obviously. Like, I think that we need some sort of a system, you know, to reduce criminal activity. But their approach is you're criminal, it doesn't matter what position you're in, we're gonna take authority and we're gonna take charge. You don't even make it to court. Like when you're a minority, you're not going to go to jail. It's like, we're gonna execute you. Yeah. And it's crazy to me. Like I thought that there was supposed to be this system of justice, but it seems like these police officers are taking the initiative in their eyes to stop crime immediately. And it's not even like you're really giving people an opportunity because you don't know if they're guilty of the crime. So you show up with the intention of causing harm to somebody without even really knowing the situation. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go off of my assumptions. And to me, that's the biggest form of ignorance is doing something when you have no idea what you're doing and taking the initiative (laughs) when you're the one who doesn't have the information. Actually, I saw a good uh, example the other day. I think I sent it to you and Nia, but I don't Hmm. know if if you saw it. But so this cop, he was like called to like this hotel or whatever because like somebody had like a gun or something like that. And the hotel clerk, they described the person as being like a white person with like khaki shorts and like a dip, some color shirt on. Then they saw a black person. Oh, God. And they stopped them. <laughs> and the black person was like, whoa, I work here. <laughs> right. And they oh were like, well, I, 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 he was like, somebody said that there was like, like a gun on the premise or whatever. And oh, no, the black dude wasn't white. Right. He didn't match the description in right. any way. He's like, well, there was a gun involved. It must be you. <laughs> right. That's that's exactly what happened. Man. So it's so just crazy. like this crazy like prejudice. Right. <laughs> that's yeah. In his head. Exactly. It's like it sounds like someone has a gun. Like, he just yeah. heard gun. Exactly. <laughs> and he he like, thought of a black gun? man. Black. Right. <laughs> I got it, guys. Right. I think I'm on a promote me to detective. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just this historical thing where it's like black people are seen as criminals, Latins are seen as criminals, a lot of minorities. And now that we fit that description, there's nothing that we can do to change it, but they expect us to change it. Right. It's like our responsibility. So I hear people say all the time, well, why do rappers talk about violence and having guns and this and that? I'm like, that doesn't really matter. You know that, right? Bro, like that I'm, has nothing bro, to do with anything. They're not talking. They're not speaking for the whole community. Right. They're, they're <laughs> that's number about one. Their own personal experience. And that's like a very small portion of exactly <laughs> exactly it's like that's the thing too just because there's an image that's popular you know based off of race or whatever it may be doesn't mean that that's everyone like you said and then on top of that i'm trying to understand why we should fix that right like if we change that that's not going to change anything from racism stopping right <laughs> like yeah, they're gonna be like oh like, no more rap music videos about violence yeah. cool we're not gonna kill you guys like, yeah exactly like oh we're not gonna be racist anymore since you guys stop making violent rap. Like, <laughs> right. it doesn't work like that. When you're the top consumer of it, like you enjoy right. the music, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. You're the one making the purchases and all the streams on Spotify, like going to the concerts, you look at the majority of the audience, it's the people who demonize, you know, those same artists for making that type of music. So right. It's just, I don't, I think, 
honestly, black people are viewed as workers in this country and we're viewed as entertainers in this country. And if you're doing that, then you're fine. But if you try to do anything that's progressive, if you try to do anything that's threatening, and I say that with air quotes because it's obviously not. (laughs) Protesting. Right, exactly. (laughs) You do anything that's out of line, you know, then they're going to demonize you. And that's just the way that it is. That's that's true. Yeah. Yeah. People, I don't know. They, They tried to make like all these protests seem like they were so violent, but these protests were not as violent they as they were, made them seem. Yeah, that's how like the news was reporting it, which yeah. kind of I, I don't know the way that news reports things that need, that needs to change, right? Like, but like, yeah, they like just portrayed all these protests as being so violent, like they like have the camera on like a trash can on fire or something like that or I don't know just, and just, shake the camera around yeah, they literally do the stuff. effects that you see in like movies you're yeah, right yeah. it really does feel like that because they'll focus on one group and people standing on top of a car or something like that right. the most random <laughs> shots and I'm like yeah when you get crowds of people there's always going to be drama I don't care what it is it could be a like, concert it could be any sort of an event that yeah, happens just, just like when like people like they like ride and stuff like that when they're like favorite sports team loses exactly like nobody yeah. ever talks about that and no one says london got burned down because of a soccer game right. you know what I mean? yeah <laughs> but the headlines say that in america it's like minneapolis is burned down yeah. it's like no it's not yeah <laughs> it's right no way a whole city <laughs> whole city burned down to burnt to the ground and they never ran out of they're kerosene gonna, they're gonna they start just, over right <laughs> everything's gonna be better now <laughs> right yeah. that's so crazy I, I, yeah it's it's never as bad i mean i'm sure like a lot of people people's like business businesses get damaged and stuff like that but it's not like as bad as they make it seem like right the extremes yeah Yeah. you you know um i've been seeing like a lot of people say oh man all this damage to these properties is going to be so much money or whatever but in like um out west you know the the fires that are happening right now Mm -hmm. i think like a big portion of that is from um agenda reveal Oh really? Going wrong, yeah. Oh, so I yeah, guess like some right. way, it, like uh, some fire happened, but you don't right. see anybody talking about man, this is going to be so much damage, and the government's not going to have to pay so much money for this to get fixed. Like, yeah, no one's complaining about those about fires. That, but right? like, I don't know. It's, it's it's like they're just using like the protest to like you know, um, inadvertently just uh express their racism basically. right 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 yeah <laughs> that's so true because every single time we do something it seems to be a problem and i've noticed that as well and i think like i was saying earlier like the willingness to change i think that america thrives off of racism like right. i've told people that like i think that there's like almost a market for it like you think about mass incarceration and them using people who are you know incarcerated to do slave labor to right. work you know what i mean to make clothing there's industries that are built off of it so i just think i don't think america wants to change i think people like being at odds with each other i think people like having a us versus them mentality yeah it's like they have nothing else going on with their life so it's like okay i'm not privileged i don't have a lot of money well i have my race right you know what i mean like and a lot of extremists they kind of live in that mindset mm-hmm. that's so sad i don't know there's no way to live but <laughs> yeah it is pretty sad yeah do you think um joe biden is a good Step to change? No. (laughs) (laughs) Say that very bluntly. No. No. I think he's our best option right now, obviously, with what we're dealing with. Um, But I think Joe Biden still has a lot of things that he... 
I mean, he's, ah, God, I hate to say it, but from the generation that he's from, he's yeah. completely like just a part of the problem when it comes right. to systemic racism, like the order of it. But he, I feel like because of his experience, he's normalized it. Right. So to him, it doesn't really exist. But yeah, I doubt that he'll be progressive. I think he's just a, a step, a what would you call it? I don't even know what to call it. It's so, I can't even think of a word for it. I think the best He's thing just to say the, is the lesser of two evils. <laughs> right. There we go. The lesser <laughs> of two evils. I was like, there's no word for it because there's no progress. It's not change. It's just. Right. Yeah. Lesser of two evils. I'm really interested to see. I mean, you know, I, I hope he wins because I don't think we can do another four years with Trump. But, oh my God, I hope you know, not. I'm interested to see what he will do. And I don't know. It's just interesting knowing, like, figuring out about, like, a politician's, like, past or whatever. Because, like, I've learned that Joe Biden, like, I guess, like, he brought up a law or he, like, backed the law or something like that. That um, it added to systematic uh imprisonment of black people right yeah right, a did. lot of democrats did, did. Like yeah so i don't know it's just very interesting to see how he's changed changed or whatever or if he's really changed or, right you know. yeah it's kind of like the clintons like bill clinton was one of those presidents that implemented mass incarceration the street uh what was it called um the mass incarceration law of three strikes and all these different things that got a lot of minorities placed in jail. Oh, right. And of course, you know, years later he apologized and was like, I didn't know, you know, there was details to this that weren't necessarily prevalent during that time. And then obviously over a period of time, he saw what it played into, which really sucks because it's like hindsight is 2020. But a lot of Democrats were pushing for that at the time. And I think it's one of those things where, like I said, if you have the willingness to change, and there's like this sort of unified idea I think that that's why that's so important because if you have two people with opposing sides you don't necessarily know all the details of what that law could implement right so it's like yeah we came to a compromise but years later you see okay it had a negative effect rather than a positive yeah it's 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 very interesting how like people were trying to like well people in general were just trying to be like so hard on criminals right but I don't think it should have I guess I don't know. It depends on the crime they committed, but like yeah. some things, it, it should be like more so rehab than send this person away for ten years. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people who were during that time, it was like the war on drugs had just kind of gotten passed, you know, in the eighties, and then we're going into the nineties. And I feel like with Bill Clinton and his administration, that whole entire push to stop crime. Yeah. The only reason why I felt like that was quote unquote necessary is because they saw that it was affecting their children. Like once white people started realizing, oh, some of these things that, you know, people are doing in different communities are starting to affect us. Yeah. That's when they wanted to make changes. Because if you do this, it's actually very interesting. Go online and look up the history of Compton. Go online and look up the history of certain places like Inglewood. All these different places that you guys know today as these stereotypical ghettos used to be the places that these presidents live that a lot of people who were you know in white communities would actually go to like yeah. these were actually really nice areas a lot of, a lot of ghettos used to be like nice places yeah. exactly and of course you had white flight and other things that happened but if you look at the history of segregation racism and how there's always a divide and a split when it comes to communities then you can see how those things take into effect yeah and I remember learning that I was like wow like some of these guys used to live out there and that was like the place to be (laughs) it's funny now because like you know how how, like suburbs turn 
hood. Right. But now the hood's turning like into like, you know, these gentrified <laughs> areas now that white people are moving right, into. Right, right. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it flips. Like, it's, it, they, they turn into like these hip areas mm-hmm. that... That, that that are like uh no longer dangerous right yeah they're like oh it's getting better <laughs> yeah you and see i've seen while walking their dogs yeah yeah i've seen it like in augusta right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> people just white, he like you, you just like randomly see like a white person i'm like wow that's crazy because <laughs> like you know back in the day when i was growing up i really wasn't the white people down here yeah <laughs> it's crazy it's so true <laughs> you can stand on certain street corners in atlanta and you'll see a popeye's right next to a panera and you're like hmm right <laughs> like what's going on here right on. and it's so crazy to me because i mean even the housing like west side village and you know some of these places and these names that get flipped and changed i don't think that there's a problem with white people being in black communities or historically black communities because that's what they are because of the businesses there and all the different people historically who have lived there for years but i think that the issue is trying to make it seem like like you're coming in to do good for the community when you're pushing people out of it. Yeah, that's the if biggest you, thing. Right. It's like if you're coming in to live there, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're pushing the people who are there out so yeah. that you can build. Like raising prices of everything. Exactly. Yeah. Grocery stores, things like that. It's like there's people who own houses in Atlanta who have lived there for years and even they're getting bought out because they may own their home, but now they have to shop at the same grocery store, gas station, all these different places around them, the schools. Um, you know, kids have to go to school and there's a lot of private schools being built and things like that. You know, it's costly for people instead of public school. So it's just a way to push people out. And it's it's really sad. It's like, oh, we ran initially because we didn't want you in our communities and you were doing well and you could afford to live in our communities. Right. And then it's like, well, now that we've implemented implemented all of these negative things into your community, the violence, the drugs, the history of just look at some of the history of gangs and all that, you know, and where it comes from. These things were implemented into black communities. And then they were like, okay, now that that has an effect, we'll go back and regain our property. Yeah. It's really insane. It's really insane. All about money. Right. And in that is there's racism right exactly yeah that's (laughs) so true it's just crazy like how i can i can see how people can accidentally do something racist right yeah you could be ignorant (laughs) yeah Yeah. even in like a even at like the systematic like level like you were saying like bill clinton was like oh i didn't know it was this is gonna do this right yeah this you know like you know even i probably said it for joe biden maybe he didn't even fucking right yeah he might have been somebody during that time who voted on that. yeah like how his how the law he backed or whatever would just turn into like this big thing or whatever you know Mm -hmm. It's, it's i don't know it's pretty wild how how racism is like that but it shouldn't be right Right. (laughs) yeah yeah so interesting but i think we learn hate and it's something that we thrive off of it's something that becomes a part of people's just everyday lifestyle right it reminds me of almost like the discrimination of certain people coming into stores it's like okay well i have these customers that i favor because of their race which is not really because they're doing anything differently yeah yeah and i'm gonna you know discriminate against this other group and it's like that's crazy that even a transaction in a store when they're both spending money Mm -hmm. you prefer somebody else's money because they're white yeah <laughs> that's so have stupid. you like ever walked into a store but didn't buy anything and then walked out and you felt kind of like 
I should have bought something. Yeah, like, yep. oh, yep. man, I feel kind of weird right now. Right, <laughs> so yeah. Somebody probably going to be thinking I, like, stole something maybe exactly. or something like that. Exactly, yeah. I have that feeling all the time. And yep. it, it sucks that we have to go through that as minorities. But, um, yeah. It's like, I feel that more so when I'm by myself. But if, if, I'm, exactly. like, if I'm, like, with you, I'm not going like, to feel like, oh, I should have bought something. I ain't going to feel like that then. But when I'm right. by myself, I'm like, When you're oh. by yourself, yeah. That's so true. <laughs> because people have that assumption and you can't help it. Yeah. And people wonder why rappers walk around with all these you know diamonds and gold necklaces it's like i can afford what you can afford you know what i mean it's a reminder yeah i, I never thought of that but now you said it, it's like oh well yeah like that, that's why they walk around with all the money and stuff like that exactly you know? nobody will ever say oh you stole that no nah, i got all this money why would i steal from here right exactly <laughs> that's so true i, I can see that, that makes yeah sense. it's a status symbol and i mean i think about that in terms of people who live in certain communities like you think about basketball players or you think about you know successful movie stars and all of these people you know who still have i guess you could say that they still have the perspective of um what would you call it what's the term for that i guess basically they still want to make sure that they're doing things for their community right black people who are successful latin people who are successful um i think that a lot of them are doing things that are positive and i think that it becomes a problem to the other people who are around them who are white yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you still want to go back to your community and help. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Or you're still trying to help. And you hear basketball players say that. Like some people are told, hey, man, you know, if you go back home, they're going to be jealous of you because now you're this big basketball player. So don't go back to your old neighborhood. Oh, and they yeah. encourage them to move out to other locations and not go back to those places, people which is that. crazy. It's like, how do you take people from a community and then flip it to where they shouldn't want to go back and those people are less than yeah it's like that's it's like brainwashing yeah it's, pretty it's wild. so crazy to me true it's really crazy so in terms of change for the future mm-hmm. what what do you think would be good steps that you think you yourself could make Oh, that's a good question. Wow, that's actually really good. I think the main thing for me is to not pay attention to statements that people make and association of groups as much and to focus on what I can do. So it's almost like how I could easily attach myself to something like, oh, okay, the feminist movement. Right. I'm going to be a part of that and focus on the name and the statements that are made. And I'm not saying that they don't have, you know, um, good advancements that they're trying to make, you know, socially. But I think attaching yourself to it versus actually implementing those things into your everyday behavior yeah. is two separate things. So it's like, yeah, advocate for people. Make sure that you're, you know, speaking up when you're supposed to and creating awareness. But at the same time, I should do that with my everyday lifestyle and how I treat women and how I have conversations with people, educating people. So I think that that's the important part. The same thing with race when it comes to, you know, rights for um, minorities. I think that is something that I can implement into my everyday lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? Making people aware, making sure that I'm doing things that are conscious and not letting things slide, maybe speaking up in certain situations where I'm uncomfortable. And I think it's a balance to it. You know what I mean? Because right. it can be really overwhelming, especially the world that we deal with. But 
rather than making a Facebook post or taking a picture during a riot, <laughs> you know what True. I mean? Like some people do on the internet. True. I think that is good to carry that out in your everyday behavior, how you raise your kids, having conversations about race, having uncomfortable conversations with your friends, <laughs> you know, who are, yeah. who are not minorities. Um, yeah, I think that those are the steps that you can take. But I think those are, I think all those are really good steps and I agree with all of them. Yeah. You know, just in terms of, uh, like you said, women's rights, respect women, try to like speak up for them like when you can or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, other types of activism and dealing with the environment, try to recycle. Right. You know, just th- things of the sort. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's do. like you may not be able to change everything, but you can change something, even yeah. if it's a small difference for one person. Yeah. Because you speaking up for someone <clears throat> could be, you know, the motivation for them to do it for someone else. And I think that it has like a butterfly effect, sort of. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I agree. And it's interesting because sometimes we think championing something. You know, like if I were to say, oh, Black Lives Matter on Facebook, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not knocking people who do it. But at the same time, I think it's just as important when you're out in public and you see something happening that you know that you could speak up and say something about. I'm not saying put yourself in danger by any means. Right. But you know that you could actually assist. That's your moment. You know what I mean? That makes sense. You know, but definitely, like I said, make sure that there is a balance to it because you don't want to put yourself in harm's way or, you know, do something. Thing that's going outside of what you can control right obviously. that makes yeah. sense yeah just being as active as you can be and not right. just not just doing activism in a, in terms of going to a protest or even doing the internet activism of like posting stuff making sure you like implement these things into your everyday life as best as you can right And you can do this in small ways, too. Like you could be a college student and you could have a discourse with students on campus, you know, with your organization. If you're in a fraternity or a sorority, have conversations that are open to the public. It's not just immediate people that, you know, Um, you could do the same thing. If you were a police officer, you could be like, hey, I think with what's going on, you talk to your captain or whoever your supervisor is, whoever's in charge of you. And you say, hey, we should implement some sort of a conference where we get together and we talk to people from the community just doing small things like that or putting the idea out there is important so yeah no matter what level you are you could be a kid in middle school and write an essay and have a class discussion like right. really really small stuff but i think it has a large effect you know true but yeah we can all do something i like all those those are good i think that's a good into the podcast yeah sounds good to me man cool well Well, thank you guys for listening to Black Boundaries Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Terrell. We'll catch you guys later. Peace. Peace.